A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. And we welcome in to the locker room as we do every week. Matt Stinchcomb, ESPN college football analyst, joining us here in the locker room every week here on The Fan. And Stinch, you know, separation Saturday usually comes week nine, week ten. It might come week four when you look at these matchups because the winners will certainly be glad that they have won. The losers could be out of here. There's no doubt. I mean, this is what's interesting. Last week, I thought, you know, LSU, they got to do something to reestablish themselves in the SEC West. They definitely did that. And then you look at Alabama goes on the road, non-conference. Joe just talked about it. Quarterback, still a question. The SEC West now looks more accessible than it maybe did coming into the season. I mean, we had questions. A lot of folks were talking about Bama maybe winning the West, even though LSU looked better on paper. And then they felt validated week one. Week two, you think, oh, man, Bama drops to Texas, a good Texas team or what looks to be. So all of a sudden the West seems open and LSU reasserts itself. You know, this week it's sustaining it. Can you sustain it? And and I mean that among the quote-unquote contenders. I'm including LSU in that conversation. The East, my gosh, in the SEC, you know, who looks good? I mean, Georgia looks better than everybody else. They haven't looked great. They've looked really good. They maybe look great at for stretches or quarters, but we haven't seen full quarters out of them yet, and we really haven't seen them versus what's thought to be a really good team. Spencer Rattler may be a great player this year. Xavier Leggett may be the same thing for South Carolina, but that's not a great football team. So I don't know how tested Georgia is, but if you look at these two divisions, last year of them, it looks like the West is maybe more competitive than it's ever been, and the East is – Maybe down, but more of the same, where it looks like it's Georgia and everybody else, unless Florida keeps climbing. Stinch, uh, this is obviously a great weekend, and we've kind of discussed this a little bit earlier on in the show, but there is a chance that Clemson and, and Alabama are eliminated from college football playoff contention before we hit October. Do you like that for college football as a whole? Uh, you know, I think college football is probably – it's obvious that they're looking for geographic mm, diversity, right, where – it's largely been a southeastern game. You know, Ohio State, Georgia in the Peach Bowl last year was a de facto national championship game. So you get some representation in the in the Midwest. But otherwise, you know, I think nationally, they would probably, they being the broader viewing public of college football, they'd probably love to see a playoff that not only doesn't include the usual suspects, but maybe even the usual conferences. I mean, uh, the SEC – they need to be careful. You know, there's a, there's a real chance that the broader sentiment would be, you know, what would be kind of cool is if the SEC had to watch this year. Mm, that would be awesome. Mm. There's a lot of the nation that, that would think that that would just be fantastic. Now, they'd be bidding against themselves because now you're probably wanting for lesser football in the playoff, wink, wink. But they'd get what they wanted for that one year. And it's the broadening of the playoff is really – I think, going to benefit the Southeastern Conference. And so because of that, if you could squeeze one playoff in there where there wasn't an SEC team represented in the playoff and certainly in the championship, I think the committee is the committee, but I think the broader 
sentiment of college football would probably be like, yeah, that'd be kind of sweet. It'd be It would be a departure from the norm. ESPN college football analyst Matt Stinchcomb joining us here in the locker room on the fan 680 93.7 FM. Matt, do you think there's more pressure um, in general uh, right now on Tommy Reese or Jalen Milrow? I would say Tommy Reese. I mean, Jalen Milrow is one player. Um, you've got an entire offensive roster to work with, and, and no one is um, feels any sympathy towards Alabama's talent roster. Uh, there, no one's going to look over there and be like, well, you know, if he only had the pieces, the ingredients that he needed. We all know there's key components that you have to have, none more important than quarterback. I'm not so sure he doesn't have that guy. I know that they certainly muddied the waters. And maybe, you know, last week what the whole point was was to get some clarity in that room, maybe in the broader sentiment throughout the program, maybe within the coaching staff, that we've got one best option. He may not be a great option relative to the ones we've had before. Who would when you've had Bryce Young at quarterback the past three seasons? But this is the best option going forward. Maybe that's what they were doing. But I think that it's on Tommy Reese. You've got to find a way to build your offense around the talent that you do have, the skill sets that you do have. Everyone at Alabama and everyone really that's been paying attention is going to look to the year Blake Sims and Amari Cooper set the conference on fire. Blake Sims, the former wide receiver. Blake Sims, the guy who you're like, there's no way that this experiment is going to work. They almost won a national championship with him. So it does help to have Amari Cooper. I'm not sure he's on that roster right now, but I do think that the pressure resides more with Tommy Reese as the play caller and the offensive coordinator than it does on on a single player. Stench, I'm looking at quarterbacks in the NFL, rookies, young quarterbacks, everything, and I'm looking at and I'm thinking about you and I want to ask you this question. How does a QB earn the respect of a offensive line when you're talking about commanding the huddle? Do you guys rally to pick him up? or you let him get up. That's a big thing that I look at when somebody, yeah. all your offensive linemen trying to help you up, you got five guys trying to pick you up, or whether you got to get up on your own. How does the quarterback earn that respect from an offensive lineman perspective? Well, I will say that it's a good point. I think it's incumbent. That's part of the job. The, the job of the offensive lineman is you, you play as hard for anybody. I mean, we all know that. You know, certain dudes would sub in at tailback, and you're like, not this dude. Come on. Up. I mean, you talk about a, a waste of breath. Please don't call a run. But, the, but, but, you, but, but your job is to do your job, right? And, so, and I think part of it is you got, let's say, a running back runs into the opposing team's sideline, dips out of bounds. There's 30 guys over there. Your job is to go over there and get them out. And I'm not talking about, oh, it's a late hit. No, no, no. There should always be O-line guys heading over there and if, you're, if your boy bounces up and pops right back out of that sideline, great. But you need to be there in case he doesn't. And when your quarterback, doesn't matter who he is, doesn't matter if you like him or don't like him, your quarterback or whatever, and that part, you know, that part should always be there. Um, but as far as, you know, the, the guys that you that, – that, uh, I'm trying to put it in a way where it doesn't speak to your performance, but where you're even more enthusiastic about all trust, it. All trust, all trust. Yeah. Trust might be a good word, yes. right? Because you should play as hard as you can all the time. That's that's the gig. I think that's also part of what makes good offensive lines really good offensive lines. Is it doesn't matter who's back there, we're doing our job. But it's those guys that uh, that have shown some toughness, and I don't mean just like oh they're big bruisers and they lower their shoulder. 
it's the guy that doesn't get up and whine. I was about to say something else. <laughs> you know, the guys that the guys that I don't want to hear. Guys don't want to hear. You know, uh, hey guys, uh, you, you got to give me some time. W- what do you think we were doing? Did you? Th- oh, we didn't know that. That's a, that's a hot tip, man. Thank you for that. Uh, don't don't pop up and start you know complaining about the protection. We're doing what we're doing. It's the um, you know the sideline between Jeff Saturday and Peyton Manning. Jeff gave just as well as he got. Everybody's seen that clip, right? Yes. He's getting on. Yes. Jeff saying we got to run the football, and you can see that. Yeah, there's there's mutual respect there. But absent Jeff pushing back on it, and you saw Tarek Glenn go over there and snatch Peyton up like we've heard enough out of you. This is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, and you saw shut him up real quick, because ultimately the quarterback is the leader of the huddle, but it's the offensive line's huddle, or at least it should be. And that's the way it should work. And so whoever comes in there. You should build the best ecosystem possible for that guy to be successful. They need to command your respect. There needs to be some some duality there. Yeah, totally agree, Stinch. Hey, Stinch, if I said Scarface, Braveheart, Pulp Fiction, Caddyshack, would you assume that everybody inside the locker room here have seen those movies? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> hey, which? But just so I know, what are we talking about? I haven't seen most of those. We went over about a list of 15 or 20 movies yesterday at the uh, Spring Cinema and Tap House. And Hudson didn't really watch movies. He's our young buck in the room, and he hasn't seen any of those movies. It's a generational thing. I thought you were talking about, like, our locker rooms and stuff. So I get you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Stan. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Talk about the locker room, this locker room. I got you. (laughs) Good stuff, Stitch. We look forward to talking to you next week, and we'll see what this weekend, a big weekend in college football, will provide for us next week. All right, boys. Thanks for having me. Matt Stinchcomb. He is in the locker room every Thursday, 9 o'clock here on The Fan. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.